Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Weeb Weekly Podcast, hosted by Nixie Comedy, I'm Tropical Joe, and Mizu Shogun. Now I'm back! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Weeb Weekly. We are snapping back into action like Conor McGregor's left leg. I am uh, joined here damn. by Tropical Joe coming out of Austin, Texas. He's back home, ladies and gentlemen. I am back home. I do be back kind of sick, but we're doing this all together. I'm excited yeah, for are. this week. It's going to be lit. Mizu, mm-hmm. how have you been doing, my man? I'm doing pretty good. Better than that intro. <laughs> yeah, you, you, listen. Why'd you open us with him like that? Dang. I, I'm just saying, you talk smack, you, you, you can't back up, then you're going to snap your leg. Listen, His listen, leg couldn't true. back it up, but he, he, yeah. he, he stood up. He stood up at the end of that round, so he was ready to keep going. Yeah. I don't know. You, did you see his foes at a 90-degree angle? No, 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 but I meant like before, before the, 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 the split, Oh, he was yeah. he, like, he was, he was striking and stuff. Like, so I was like, he wasn't knocked out. Like, no, I mean, no, he wasn't going to win that round though. That's for sure. No, Anyways, ladies hey, and gentlemen, true. we will do, we'll do weebs who talk sports at the end of the episode here, but we had a big, 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 big week, you know, cause we had a lot of stuff going on. We had black widow, Loki, MHA, bad batch, all the things, but I'd say the biggest thing is we have started phase four. We have started phase four. It never felt like it was going to happen, but we started phase four with what I personally think is the best female-led superhero movie of all time. Any any universe, DC, Marvel, I think it was the most fun female-led action movie I've seen in a long time. I, I can't even really think back to one that I maybe have liked more, maybe Salt. But that's 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 all I can think. I mean, did, how'd you guys feel on it? There was a movie with Charlie Theron. Uh, I think it was uh, B- Bombshell or something like that. It was basically like oh. the female version of James Bond. That yep. one, that one it was the female one version I, of John Wick. That's yeah, what it was. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's what it was. So yeah. like that's that's atomic, like my atomic atomic blonde atomic, atomic, blonde, atomic blonde. blonde. So yep. that's like that's like my my uh, my Geiger scale for <laughs> for, yeah, for female led movies because that was a Watermark. a, a borderline masterpiece. So and honestly, to some degree, even Mad Max, like even Mad like Charlie Theron like took Mad Max and just Furiosa just like took it up she's to eleven. So, so she's she's incredible. Yeah, I've never I've never seen her in a role I didn't like her in. Oh, she's awesome! And even even the comedy with Seth Ro- Seth Rogen was a glorious. Uh, what <laughs> which one was that? Uh, out oh, of your I league? Forgot. No. Um, where she's like the president or something, yeah. and he yeah. he is. Oh, I forget what that's called. It's like out of your league or something like that. Or exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Seth Rogen's like too ugly to be with her. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 movie was the movie was honestly, in my opinion, like an eight to eight point three out of ten. Uh, mm. I absolutely loved it. Um, better than the Thor Dark World, that's for sure. Definitely better than a lot of <laughs> better than a lot of Marvel movies, actually. Definitely. Yeah, I I would definitely say I I agree with that one. We have no quorums there. What about you, Mizum? Yeah. Do you think Do you think uh, 
Black Widow could have that impact as like a female-led movie um, for the rest of time? I say yes. I will still say that um, I would still prefer Wonder Woman a little bit more than I did um, Black Widow. And on top of that, when I I think of like, however, I do think that this is is another good, fantastic, like action-packed female-led movie Mm -hmm. because they're there aren't a lot of good ones. Like the last one I can think of, like you said, like Atomic Blonde, or I'll say maybe like Kill Bill. Kill Bill. That's oh, a, that's a, that's a legitimate. Yep, I forgot about Kill Bill. Yeah, that's probably that's probably the the water. That's the winner. That's the winner, yeah. bro. That's so I mean, it was it. it it was incredible, and I, I I think it was you know as this phase four starting to roll out, we are starting to see more people of color as leads, more women as leads, and that's awesome. But my biggest thing is. And and the first and you know shout out to Marvel shout out to Disney for doing a good job. It's just it's so much better than Captain Marvel is what I'm going to say. So <laughs> much better than Cap because Captain Marvel. Listen, Captain Marvel was like, hey, listen, we're gonna make like well, she's super powerful, yeah, and like this is awesome and all that, and we're like, good, yeah, like of course, like she's literally Marvel's like Superman, like she should be powerful, she should have her own arc, all of that, and then they boiled down the entire movie to men telling her to not let her emotions get out of scale and all of that. And it felt like more like Black Widow was less written about a woman and more just written about a person who was in a circumstance. And that circumstance, sure, was specific to women being the widow program, but it was it was written well and it would, the action scenes were incredible. And it, and it wasn't like they were trying to, like, write a woman's story. They just wrote a story and the woman was the lead. And that's that's all we can ask for. Right. Amen to that. Yes, so. So I really liked the way, obviously, like I liked the way that they brought it in. I have a question for you guys. So obviously, like the family family has been a big, a big piece of conversation recently with Dom, <laughs> Dom Toretto. Fast the Nine. Dominic Toretto effect. Is that what we're calling yeah. it now? Yes, the Dominic Toretto, like like Dom is soloing <laughs> versus left, right and center. He's out there like it, he, I've heard Ray said that he beats Goku. And I honestly, I agree with him because Goku doesn't have the power of family. But did you guys enjoy like the family aspects that they built into the movie? Like Jose, like, do you think that was something that was necessary for them to do? Because like, this could have been a straight up taskmaster versus black widow movie. And I don't think anybody would have had a qualm with that, but did you like how they built up her storyline using family? Hot take Florence Pooh as uh, Elena literally carried the movie. I, I, I loved the sister rivalry. I loved uh-huh. the, the chemistry that they built slowly. Cause like, they had instances where they were they, just the just the beginning scene of them going through like the 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 trauma that is live, leaving their home. Oh, yeah. Right. And being being subjected to like having to go back to Russia because they are spies in a foreign country and like yep. going through the that entire happened too. Yeah. Like that. That's real. Like that was the 60s. Like that was the yeah. Red Scare. Like. People like Russian spies lived in America for years and years and years without anybody knowing it. Watch the Americans. It's based off. I mean, it's it's fictionalized to, to yeah, a, a margin uh, of to degree, but like, but they, there was theories that that in the like 60s and 70s, 50 percent of like CIA governmental operations were undercover, like KGB agents. That's and vice versa. That's wild. That is, yeah, that is absolutely bonkers. Yeah. The Cold War was crazy. And they captured that. They captured that pretty, yep. pretty well. Like just the the impact that that moment had on their lives, just on on the whole family dynamic with uh, the red red star. Because uh, they called they called him the Crimson Dynamo, was it? Which was a reference to another like another superhero, which is pretty cool. Okay. We'll get to that later. 
But basically, the, just to, to tie it all up, uh, the family aspect, I think, was dealt with well. Um, mm -hmm. I do think I wanted a little bit more from Elena near the end. Um, but besides that, because like I so by the time that they um, do the reveal that like Mama and then uh, a Black Widow did the face switch. They, like, they Mission Impossible. They yeah, literally they, 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 they straight out of Mission Impossible. Yeah, after the Mission Impossible reveal, I felt like it was mm -hmm. just like cruise control, basically, until like Elena got saved at the end. Uh, I guess, yeah. But like the, the from the build up, right? So from from arcs one through two, uh, the the family dynamic was perfect in terms of the the chemistry, the banter, the 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 amount of mm -hmm. like uh, it was my friction. favorite part. Yeah, there was a lot of friction too of like oh, like this was never real. Like our family dynamic was never real, but at the same yeah. time, you like you see them care for each other a lot and that dinner scene that dinner scene did it for me so i would say yes fantastic and the thing is like it, it brings up a solid point that you know dominic shredder would agree with that family doesn't mean blood relation mm -hmm. you know and, and and so my thing is since we're talking since we're talking his name was red star right that was his, his, so, his yeah. your name it's something like that or or red red guardian. red red, red guardian that's what it is so he exists in the comic books right yeah, yes. I, I do not know Marvel comic books yeah. like nearly as well as I know DC. So he's a super soldier, just yeah. like Cap, right? Yeah. Okay. So be, I think he was supposed to be the the antithesis, right? Um, yeah, he was supposed to be the the uh, the Russian Soviet version of Captain America. Yeah, that makes sense. So if Russia made the super soldier serum, did that sold did the guy who made that also die? What happened? I have no idea what the actual circumstances were for that because there's a there's a right? little bit of a disconnect right there between uh obviously the USSR, obviously the US during like the 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 Cold War, War and then yeah. Hydra, like Hydra's involvement because technically Hydra is the remnants of the German army from World War II. I don't know if we can actually mm -hmm. say the name. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's the Nazis. Okay, come yeah. on, so, history. Yeah. Don't forget history. Okay, it's the yeah. Nazis. I know. Yeah, people, pe people are sensitive about that stuff. So I'm just trying to keep it yeah. happy. So, so like, there's always a little bit of confusion between uh, those three factions within comics. So yeah. I would say that um, the the so, from what I saw, right, it's an it's a it's not a perfected superhero serum. Because if, as you can see, he ages he, he, a lot worse. Yeah, he's fat too. Yeah, yeah and all is, that. Like that's also that's also part of his fault, obviously. But like he, true. like just physically, he is not as pristine as Rogers. I would say. Well, here's the thing, though. Cap was on ice for what sixty years. That is true. That so is like, also very true. Like Cap does age. You know, that's what we saw at the end of Endgame. Was yeah. was that? Was that he he goes back and he ages and he lives a full life. And by the end of it, sure, he still looks great for being like 90 years old, but like he also wasn't in a gulag, you know? Like mm -hmm. so so at the same time, like I don't know, was it was it worse? Was it a worse serum? Uh, I don't know. I'm that it just it just depends on how you frame it, I guess. Uh at least in in his case, I think it's just the way that he was treated because basically that dude they sent a super soldier into like so what like white suburban ohio why <laughs> yeah what was that about they were just like hey you're gonna go work you're gonna work undercover i was like why even why even shoot him up why even make him a super soldier if he's gonna be undercover like yeah. he, he doesn't have a circumstance to like break people's arms like he was in the gulag yeah which was 
Oh, great seed. I guess I was kind of calling Conor McGregor shot, but <laughs> listen, listen. Okay. So also Taskmaster, we brought, we brought them up earlier. I thought Taskmaster was a robot for half of the movie, but it's revealed that Taskmaster is actually a female in this, which isn't usually the way it works in the comics. Totally fine. Did you guys like what they did with Taskmaster though? Mizu, I'm going to let you start on this one. Do you agree? Do, do you like the idea of Taskmaster just being like uh, a gotcha, a gotcha moment uh, for the plot or what? So here's Was it thing. a gotcha moment for the plot? I think so. Okay. Oh, that's okay. My big Mizu, go, that's my, that's my Mizu big go off. So here's the thing. So I've been seeing that a lot and there's like two pools of thought right now on that. So you got one side who doesn't like the fact that Taskmaster's like basically whole origin and how the character is has been changed. Yeah. Not just for the fact of um, the character being female. It was just like, no, this is not how the character really is. Mm-hmm. On top of that, I believe that the Taskmaster, the she was able to copy people's moves based off a, a type of device and not just yeah. her like- They kind of like uploaded it to her brain. Yeah. Yeah, because in the comic books, it was actually something that Taskmaster was born with. From the mm-hmm, out the mm-hmm. gate, um, Taskmaster could do anything a person can do minus powers just like that. Since like we even see little scenes or little comic book panels of him watching cowboys shoot a gun and he's able to shoot a gun as just as a yeah. little boy in a cowboy suit. Like, he, he, I mean, the character knew how to do that, but it's weird that they just made it a device-related thing. Um, mm-hmm. But they're the other pull up which is sadly you got the you know you got the incels who are just like oh i don't like the fact that taskmaster is a woman stop erasing our culture it's like so what do you so care my, yeah so here's my whole thing about it honestly overall taskmaster is one of those characters that you could like flip flop because it the character is not Faces like super time. concrete yeah yeah that it's like oh like if you change this one aspect of the character it, it will be ruined like no taskmaster yeah. is a flexible character you can you know, mix around with. However, you're not making the Black Panther white. Like you're like no, like, so like exactly. those are one of those things that you can't change. Like that exactly. would make be integral to his character. You can't change him white when he comes from an African country that is homogeneous exactly. and has never been mm-hmm. conquered. But yeah. with Taskmaster, I think the one thing that I always say that I didn't like is that you know Taskmaster is related to the bad guy. Yeah, it has something to do with the Black Widow program instead of just being mm-hmm. honestly like. How the characters in the comics a free agent who just works for what he does like what for he or she does like oh mm-hmm. i'm just working with it would have been in my opinion better if like oh i'm just working for drake off because money or whatever exactly. i'm looking for yeah but um like overall, taskmaster and deadpool it. are very similar in terms of their their origins you know which is which is funny because taskmaster does have a history with deadpool yeah they're but, very um, good friends in the comics oh no taskmaster hates deadpool Oh, he does? I thought they were friends. See, like I no, said, I don't know the Marvel. Spider-Man, Spider-Man and Deadpool are like friends. There we go. Yeah, that's what the, that's where you're, Deadpool yeah. are friends. But Taskmaster hates Deadpool. Yeah. Hmm. But um, besides that, honestly, I didn't really hate it. I was just like, uh, it could have been, I think Taskmaster could have been dealt with better in my opinion. But overall, like, it wasn't, it could have been worse. Like, could have been yeah, way could worse. Have been worse. Could have been a lot worse, that's for sure. And, and going so, oh, y'all go ahead. No, yeah. go, you. I, what go what I was gonna say, what I was gonna say, because like it, it, it ties up when we were talking about uh the the Red Guardian. So Taskmaster in the comics was basically born with that ability of of basically having that uh cognition enhancement where like he can just see something and emulate it. Amazing. Yeah. Photographic memory, so like exactly, that. Yeah. exactly. So what he what he did right is he he injected himself 
with uh, a Nazi experimental version of the super soldier serum, but it nice. didn't, Good. It, it didn't give him, it didn't give him exactly what Rogers got. It basically enhanced everything in terms of uh, reflexes, uh, agility, mm-hmm. uh, like speed. So like, so he, the, the, the biggest ones that I saw, uh, at least from the, like, cause I haven't seen, I haven't read as much about like him uh, in terms of like mm-hmm. the comics that I've read. Uh, and the graphic novels that I've read, but like from what I've seen uh, in the movie and what I've seen online, it basically matches up. So basically, his his uh, physical movement, uh, he can predict a lot of the the, the opponent's movements. So not just n- not just learn their tactics, but like have master. So it's basically like a Spider Man type of not not the full yeah not that not the full Spider sense, sense, but like his reflexes are OP. And yeah. uh, for example, he is an expert combatant. Like the, the thing that I wanted to see the most, which I we technically got to see a little bit, is like the iconic sword. Like because he he you he like in the comics, he like he's fought Thor with like um uh, a shield and a sword. Like it's been a full-on like medieval battle. Like that, that, that that's feels like a bad idea. That yeah. feels like a really bad idea for him, yeah. at least. <laughs> it feels really because that, bad. Because that <laughs> is the way to beat Taskmaster. That's why I thought yeah. Red Guardian was gonna have no problem with him. I, I mean, yeah. obviously he's rusty, but like Taskmaster, while he while they can emulate uh, any ability, essentially it is like can't emulate Superman's strength or like you know Red Guardian's strength, and so that's how you beat him, um, which is cool. But yeah, no, I I also didn't I didn't mind what they did. I thought it was I it was you're right. It was a plot device. That's for sure. Um, making him related to the Widow program, making him related to all of that. Uh, but I think I think Taskmaster also brings up a very interesting subplot in a subplot that I thought was very important throughout the course of the movie and that was control over women it was like it was like it was a playing with the trafficking like the trap the sex trafficking problem of the world essentially except making it combatants instead of you know sex trafficking it's worldwide and then also like all of these powerful men manipulating and controlling women in order to do what they want and it's not usually assassinating assassinating people and so I thought that that was an interesting subplot, and I thought that it, it, it was not overstated. It wasn't thrown in your face, but it was interesting and subtle. What were your guys's like key takeaways, like subplot wise, from the movie? Oof! At least for me, um, mm-hmm. I'm actually really proud of Marvel for doubling down at the end. I'm not gonna lie mean? to you. So, like, because because what we've seen so far uh, from from all. <laughs> not to pile on like other studios. Don't <laughs> wink, wink. Mm. Yeah, I'm not gonna pile on other studios. But like usually, like when we retcon stuff, uh, yep. the retcon never works out the best way possible, right? So, or what or, do you mean? So what I'm saying is, at the end, uh, spoiler alert: if you haven't seen Black Widow, I mean, we've already. I, I think they're stuff. gonna be they're gonna be kind of upset with <laughs> yeah. us by this point. The, yeah. <laughs> like, 25 minutes in and we're just getting like, oh <laughs> no <laughs> basically they dub- they confirmed that black widow is indeed dead like her sacrifice for the soul stone was indeed going to spoil it <laughs> yeah. we saw her no, hit the no. ground yeah yeah, you know? yeah but like that, but, I, but i'm actually i'm actually like proud of like them being like okay no it's not a it's not like a gotcha like I she thought- might she might come back it's mm-hmm. like well no she's she's dead uh yeah. so so that was that was important the second one is and I think that's it's a perfect segue to talk about the end credit scene because damn, because mm-hmm. it, this is the best intro to a Disney Plus show if I've ever seen one. 
Oh, I wanted I wanted yes. to know what you thought about it because I, I'm kind of lost on what to think about it, you know? Um, so Florence Pugh, who plays uh, Natalia's Elena, sister, Elena, yeah. Elena, which by the way, um, I'd never seen Florence Pugh, Pugh before. Batty, um, oh, certified. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I have the biggest of crushes. Like I am, I, it's bad. It's really bad. Like she is gorgeous, like ridiculous. And but anyways, badass. yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to stop simping immediately, but she's also dating Zach Braff and he's like 45, which is weird. Ah. I looked at, I looked up her name and she's dating Zach Braff and they're like 30 years apart, which is crazy. But anyways, so she is as seen at Natalia's uh, like grave site and she whistles and your first, your brain, first thing that goes is you're going to hear Natalia whistle back because that's a, that's a thing they set up in the beginning of the movie. They whistle to each other when they see each other. And so you're like, I'm going to hear Natalia, like Natalia's not alive. She's going to whistle back. But instead we cut to, the Hydra woman, whose name I'm totally spacing right Contessa now. Contessa Valentina. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave it to Mr. Mizu to give us a little bit of context on why this is so important. Please do. Okay, so Contessa Valentina, also known as Miss Hydra or Madam Hydra, yeah, is basically she is one of the leaders, or you could say spokesperson of Hydra. But mm-hmm. as you know, Hydra is technically no more. We so we think, but we mm-hmm. have her, Valentina, and we see her. If if you watch Falcon Winter Soldier, we see her in about I'm gonna say two or three episodes of the series. Yeah, and the she's the one that um hires um John Walker, U.S. agent, to be on her side. Yeah. And basically, if you want to think about it, she's basically the evil female version of Nick Fury. Exactly. Or or is she just uh, Amanda Waller? Or Amanda Waller from DC, Amanda Waller? Big yeah. facts. But uh, but not a not a good guy. But right now, I don't know movie what Amanda Waller the movie either. and TV show. Um, she seems like I wouldn't even go so far to say evil. She seems like in the middle. Gray. She's a gray Jedi. Like yeah, she's gray. But I'm still gonna leave, I would say gray leaning towards evil. But yeah, we don't know what her motivations are. I think chaotic but, neutral. Yeah. However, some people are speculating that she is going to be the one that basically recruits. The Thunderbolts. And the Thunderbolts are the Marvel's exactly. equivalent of the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Yeah. And, um, you know, yep. So it's it's created by Thunderbolt Ross, the general who was and also in the movie, um, or the Secretary of um, Secretary of Defense, actually. Yeah. Um, uh, in the movie. But she it looks like she's the one picking the people who are going mm-hmm. to be in it. So we so, got right now we got US agent, and it looks like mm-hmm. we got Leanna Yelena, yeah, be mm-hmm. also in it too. And some people are also speculating that the other person who's going to be in it is Zemo. Yeah. And somebody else that hasn't been revealed yet. <coughs> Ghost Rider. Refresh my, <laughs> re, re, well, maybe Ghost Rider. Re, refresh my memory on who Zemo is. Baron Zemo from. Uh, oh, Baron from... Zemo. Got you. Got yeah, you. Got you. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. So do you think that's going to be a TV show or a movie? The Thunderbolts I mean, I guess... could easily become a TV show. I think easy. both. Both? I think both. It's going to start off as a TV show, but they might later show up in movies or something. Yeah, for sure. Because what's so weird and kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of like a cool nerdy moment is like we have now seen a crossover from television, the TV shows to the movie. Uh, it's like official. And, and we're going to see more and more and more of that, obviously, as time <sighs> goes on. But like, it's kind of cool. Like TV shows are what how we got our fix through quarantine. You know, the Marvel TV shows are how we got our like our like. We got that into our veins. And now we're like seeing like, oh my God, we're seeing the people. Like I saw them on the TV show on the big screen. And it's just cool that it's all one continuous canon universe. 
I didn't, I was so against the TV shows at first and now I'm so happy that they exist because they are, they pound out the content that we need on a week by week basis. Oh, there's one other thing I noticed too, is that um, Valentina, she shows up at the end of the movie, like just like in the end credit scene, talking to um, Leanna. And um, funny enough, it also mirrors the first Iron Man movie where Nick Mm -hmm. Fury shows up and talks to Tony about his Avengers initiative. And that was on the for phase one. Now she's doing the same thing for phase four. Deadpool approves, bro. Deadpool approves. Of Marvel or of Mizu's observation? Of Mizu. Of Mizu. Oh, okay. What a great fucking <laughs> take, bro. So there was a lot in terms of like that we saw that was really, really cool. And I guess there is kind of like Easter eggy things going on. Kind of what we're doing right now is we're fleshing out that post-Civil War world, right? Because we lost a bunch mm-hmm. of years in there. So you guys think, what are we, is that it for Black Widow or are we getting another movie? I, I don't know. Do you think there's um, more space for them to flesh out another, like a whole nother installment? I think they well, might switch it, right? But I, I just wanted to check what your opinion is on, on this Mizu too, because like, do you think they could just use the, like, for example, treat the Black Widow since, because they, they showed dozens of Black Widows. So like they could treat it as the Black Panther, where it's just like the Black Widow movie's just the title. And then just like have other people play it. Cause you could do, that's the same like thing they do idea. with Ghost Rider. Like, go, yeah. John, like Johnny Blaze is not the only Ghost Rider. I mean, like mm-hmm. the fucking Punisher is the Ghost Rider. So yep. like, uh, Johnny Blaze I, isn't I, even the best Ghost Rider, for being honest. He's, bro, he's, he's it's, mid at it's, best. It's definitely Frank Castle. It's definitely Frank Castle. Frank Castle's up there. There's also the Mexican Ghost Rider. Oh, yeah, he's name. I'm totally good. spacing oh, right yeah. now. I know um, there's so many, yeah, there's so many but, better ones. But yeah, Mizu, what would you take a Black Widow movie led by Florence Pugh? Probably Reyes. Um, honestly, I can see it being done. Um, I'm pretty sure this is like the end per se for Scarlett Johansson playing Black yeah, Widow, but there dude. is also that door. But some people spe- speculate that there's also that door because if we do this whole multiverse thing, there yeah. is a possibility that she could come back as her Natasha's Black Widow in maybe a different alternate universe. We never know. Because, I mean, if we got a different Grimora in our why in can't our we get another timeline in our uh-huh. sacred timeline, then we could, you know, stuff could happen that way, too. However, yeah. I, I do say that probably highly unlikely, but we never know. But I can see it happening. It all depends on how audience perception of her as the new Black Widow. Because if people aren't feeling her as the new Black Widow, some people, they will just maybe set her aside and maybe put her in, you know, movies. Yeah. Like, kind of like how Black Widow herself was. She was, was going like to say, a, yeah. A supporting character in a bunch of movies. But I don't know. It all depends on how me. people feel about her. And grant, granted, right now, a lot of people like her. So that's a good yeah. sign. I would love more Florence Pugh in my life. How is, <laughs> where has she been? Have you guys seen her in a movie know. before this? I no, that's her first I've never heard of her until now. Let me uh, let me let me do let me put my uh let me I guess my Zach Braff Google, Google glasses. Google glasses on. Google glasses. You could be wrong because you know sometimes you never notice an actor until you go back and like, oh man, I didn't know this actor was in this. Yeah. So yeah, they're like a background character, they just uh, the, the 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 outfit doesn't look as good on them or something. She's relatively also, new. She's ever to the really? so she's so she's honestly 25. good for her. She's 25. Uh, she age. was in Little Women. Little Women was like her big breakout oh, one. Which, the one about which, the NASA. Yeah, the, mm, the NASA women. Yep. 
Yeah, the, right? well, the, Little, that's no, what, that's that's about the 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 March you're sisters. About hidden figures, I think. Hidden yeah, figures. Thinking about, yeah. I'm thinking about hidden yeah. figures. Little yes, Women yes, was yes. the one with uh, Emma Watson, uh, the girl from Oh, it's based uh, off the, the Lovely Bones. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a, it's a ni- 2019 one. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I see her. She wasn't malevolent. She was, uh, but th- but these oh. are like. Is there, there's only a few roles. Crazy. Good for her. Honestly, good for her. Yeah. Okay, so since Mizu brought up the sacred timeline. Oh, I'd say it's about time we crack into some Loki because we, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to come out and say it Tom Hiddleston wasn't lying. Tom Hiddleston wasn't lying. I he wasn't trying to trick us. There wasn't a joke. He was being completely serious. We are bending the Marvel universe currently and I personally am here for. They are selling alligator Loki Funko Pops. If anybody out there listening has got their hands on one, I will pay you for it. I want it. It's the only Funko Pop I've ever wanted. How did you guys enjoy the episode? I'm I'm going to start here because I have a I have a lot to say about this episode. First of all, good thing we have a podcast. People people say that this is just filler. Fuck no. This episode literally packed the Easter eggs, packed the references, added flavor, added context, and teased us in, ma- in more ways than one. And I, this is where I'm going to have my, I'm going I'm to let you guys know, I actually have a hot take for who is inside the castle at the end of the episode. But, you, but basically okay. what we got today was Spider-Man. the, no, no, no. All three Spider-Mans. Yeah. They're True. getting looped in. That, dude, that has to happen. That has to happen. But like <laughs> the, the other thing, the other thing, the other thing that I wanted to say is that they were able to add so much more depth to, to what Loki means to the multiverse, mm-hmm. just more than just glorious purpose. Because we saw A, how powerful they are. B, how influential they can be to their timelines, aka kid Loki killing, killing Thor. Thor. Yeah. Uh, and then three, the the importance that uh, Sylvie and Loki's relationship has. So like it's not purely romantic now, but it's like slowly getting there. It's like it's like more of like I admire you slash I like you slash I care for you. Uh, yeah. So Mizu, how did you like the episode? I'm giving it like a nine point five out of ten. OK, honestly, fantastic. I love so all of it. Mm hmm. Every part of it was an Easter egg. There was so many Easter eggs in it. There were so many little bits and pieces. First of all, I'm not going to lie. I was kind of surprised that they put Kid Loki in there because Kid Loki is actually relatively new to the comic books. Like, he, there's no long history of Kid Loki existing in the comic books. He is relatively yeah. a new concept, and they already brought in the um, Kid Loki. I, I love mm-hmm. that. I love seeing all the different versions of Loki that we got to yeah. see President Loki, boastful Loki. Yeah. I didn't even know that. I didn't even know President Loki. Loki too. We got, we got President place. Loki too. I don't even know what President Loki is, but if, if you like this episode makes the whole argument of people being upset about Loki being a gender fluid character look so much dumber. So much dumber. <laughs> For real. He is a, he is a fucking alligator in one universe okay yes. and you're upset that he's gender fluid in ours okay he has scales and cold blood in one universe he's white he's black he's a president he sometimes he's old sometimes he's young what the fuck does it uh, why does it what between his leg matter for real i mean i mean crocodile loki was alligator loki Incredible. was fantastic i just love yeah. how 
literally every time um older Loki, old Loki, I'll call him old Loki, was yeah. um translating for him. He's like, oh, see the alligator gets things. Like, no, he's praying right now. For <laughs> <laughs> yeah. By the uh, way, he put in like in one episode Oscar level performance. Yes, oh. the old Loki. Oh, Loki is a goat. Oh, incredible. Loki, just for one episode, I was just like, I, I felt like for that one episode, I felt like I knew him for a lifetime. Yeah. Dude. And he's so powerful too. Oh my God. Yes. That scene of him building all of Asgard from memory, by the way, and then just like screaming, glorious, best, as he just gets wiped. Chills. So, Legitimate was, chills. Uh, I got chills, bro. It, it, it Richard Grant. It was Grant. so He's he, I was I was I was like watching it. I was like, he deserves I do you get Oscars for TV shows. Is that Emmys, how that Emmys, works? Emmys, Emmys. Emmys. He deserves give the Emmys. man an Emmy. <laughs> give that man an Emmy. I immediately okay, but so you referenced that there was a lot of Easter eggs. And wait, people were saying this episode was filler. Yeah, people were oh. saying this episode was just like fan service. I haven't heard that before, and that's that's weird. Why are they calling it filler? I don't know. Uh, I think it might be because it was like heavy Easter egg heavy, so heavy Easter egg heavy. Lol. Uh it, I mean, they, I, there were some heavier Easter eggs. It, oh, that's that, sure. and that's one that I wanted to get into because I covered that I was, shit. That's where I was going. So uh, three of the Easter eggs that I like the most, right? I only Throg, Throg. We saw you. you so, you know, when they're panning uh, to, to the secret lair, right? Right as they're going into the secret lair and you see Mjolnir and you see something banging up against the wall. In a jar. Was yeah. that not? Was that's, that a frog, not... that's a frog Thor. Oh, that's the frog version of Thor. I knew it was a Thor. I just didn't, yeah. I didn't pause. Throg? Yeah, Throg is the name. Is a frog ribbit. Yeah. Ribbit. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that's the first uh, Easter egg that was good. Another that was really cool was the Thanos copter. So, those what is are that. Uh, what, what was that? I so, saw that and I was like, why is Thanos a helicopter? So, you know, you know, Endgame, right? You know, at, yeah. Infinity War, how Thanos is just a badass. He's like yep. the Infinity Gauntlet. He's like the noble titan that's going to bring balance to the universe man's uh-huh. used to ride around in a helicopter in the golden age of comics did he actually you're bro, telling me he was bro. snapping people out of dimension between gas fill-ups bro bro, bro. Do, do you want to hear something funny like deadpool <laughs> deadpool fooled him into giving him the real infinity gauntlet and he he hijacked his helicopter bro. oh my <laughs> god no wonder he hates him that's ridiculous i didn't know that that's yeah. awesome. I and, love that. Dude, the Thanos copter, like that's what I was saying. Like in the video that I th- that I made about it, I was like, bro, if you if you know the the Thanos copter, you know there's some like really wacky stories that Jack Kirby and, and Stanley made with Thanos. For real? I, I don't know. And then the last one, which I also wanted to hear Mizu's opinion on, finally, finally, we got a reference to one of the big boys in the MCU because as they're panning in another of the uh, scenes we see a statue of the living tribunal what i, what? I told your ass how did you see these how did you see yes. that bro the, the, the thing is like I'm at least for me for me i was like so obsessed with like finding the easter eggs that as soon as i saw it i was like oh my god oh my god everything that i've been talking about like when's the living tribunal gonna show up there's literally a statue right there so mizu Tell me, which which were the Easter eggs that caught your attention? Uh, are you in my camp that it's it's it, it, that we're going to get a, a living tribunal Easter egg at some point? Let me know. So definitely the first one I like, I always say the first one I noticed, but the one I definitely will say on my list is the living tribunal statue. I love how it actually looks like how he how the entity how looks in the comic books. Mm-hmm. 
Um, How did you guys catch that? I'm looking at the photo now and it just looks like rocks. How <laughs> it just it's just the head and then there's a lower part of a mouth yeah. cloth and then yeah. a face coming out of the side of his head. Yeah. yeah. So the living tribunal has three heads. Mm-hmm. One head that covers the top part of um, its face with like the eyes mm-hmm. covered, but its mouth is showing one that shows its full face, and another one where its face is fully like draped over. Mm-hmm. Um and it's basically like the living tribunal is like a I'll say I wouldn't like I'll say God almost like it is like, it is very omnipresent power in the universe and we this is a, I think this is the second reference we got of mm-hmm. the living tribunal because we got the reference in Doctor Strange when um what's his name um what's his name Mor- Mordor not Mordor that's from um, <laughs> the, the, the eye yes of course yeah the, you mean um, the big the big space monster he fought. Oh no, not the not him, not not, not Dormammu. Um, his the the black dude, the black sorcerer next to him. Um, oh, he, yeah. When he's mm-hmm. training Doctor Strange, he tells him about like the lore and stuff like that. And Mordo, Mordo, Caramondo. This weapon I'm wielding is the oh, staff Mordo. of the willing um the of the Living Tribunal. So that was the first reference of the Living Tribunal saying that okay, mm-hmm. he exists. Um, but besides that, um, my other favorite Easter egg is um. The the Kang reference. So everybody thought when we saw the trailers and stuff that we thought that was Avengers Tower. Well, technically it is, but not, but isn't. So it is the building. However, um, instead of saying the Avengers A on it, it says Kang. And there's an alternate universe where Kang the Conqueror um, takes over, I believe, um, all of like the Avengers and like Tony's business. And he becomes, the co- company's called Kang. Um, the Kang Company or something like that. So it's basically another alternate version of Kang the Conqueror who became like this ultimate business tycoon. So it was- That's a- crazy. I know. So hopefully, like, come on. So you, it- you think you think that's pointing towards it's got to be Kang in the castle, Possibly, right? Possibly, but you, you know, they can pull a 180. I mean, they definitely could. So my thing is a lot of these Easter eggs. So this is the planet- or timelines get dumped, right? Thanos Copter obviously doesn't use that anymore. That's why it's on the planet. We're never going to see Throg. That's why he's on the planet. Do you not think that the statue of the Living Tribunal being in the void means that possibly the Living Tribunal is dead? Maybe they're not around? Uh, it kind of, it, it, it wouldn't really make sense because uh, the, well, the Living Tribunal is a Nexus being. There's only one. So like, it's, yeah. it's, it's just like Wanda, for example. She's a Nexus being, so there's only one of her. Uh, and mm-hmm. the tribunal basically does not get fucked with unless you're the Beyonders. So like the uh-huh. so so to give to give people context, there's like a hierarchy of beings in Marvel, uh, and then like the one above all, which is the one that everybody like references, is basically the overpower. Like there's nothing that can go beyond that. So he this mm-hmm. this uh be entity oversees everything. Uh, based around Marvel, uh, some some people uh, equate it to being the writer, like the writer of the Marvel universe in general. So it's basically it's, just it's Stanley. Stanley. Yeah, yeah. So okay. so it, it it literally manifests itself as what you want it to look like. So for example, the few times that he's shown up, he's shown up like as a homeless man. He's shown up to Spider Man, like he showed up as a homeless man to Spider Man because uh, he was in New York, you know. Just, uh, just if you're controlling an entire universe, it just feels very small potatoes to just be like, "Hey, I'm in New York, I'm trying to get a slice." You know, but, just like, "What are you doing?" Exactly. There's and then he can basically exploding. show up like the he, he can basically show up like the sun, like a flaming body. And I'm like, "Bro, like it's ridiculous." So like beyond b- below him, there's like the cosmic entities, right? So Galactus, Eternity, uh, Infinity, 
uh, all of those like concepts and, and even mm. below that are like the celestials and stuff like that. So uh, the living tribunal is above eternity and infinity. So like he li like the living tribunal judges everything in the universe with its three heads. So that's why I think it's it, the, the big thing. Why I'm obsessed with the living tribunal is because he was so he was supposed to show up in Infinity War. Uh, they just they just dropped that scene from the movie. So uh, and that was Why, confirmed was by Kevin Feige at do? one point. I don't know. It was I think it was just supposed to be like a like a hint of like boom, this is like doing something for the timeline. I think they were trying to like do that, but at, at one point they said that Kevin Feige said we'll do it later or like just focus on oh. Thanos, focus on Thanos, and then like uh we'll do it later. But um now that we're talking about that finale, I wanted to go to my my um uh, my hot your take castle for the day. theory. My yeah, castle who's theory. in the castle? I, I can't so, wait. I can't I know, wait. I know Mizu. I know Mizu is gonna be excited about this one because uh for 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 my Marvel fans that that know there's there's a few castles that are pretty famous in uh in Marvel. Uh oh we have my god, it's we, Vlad. It would be <laughs> back. Hey, hey, not not it his name starts with a V though. Uh triple V. Well, double V. Victor Von Doom is my is is my hot take. Is my hot take. Explain it to me like I'm five. Okay. So Marvel, Marvel has Marvel, Marvel has a oh Doctor Doom. Doctor Doom. Gotcha. So okay. uh the he the the Marvel way, right, is never look at the obvious, right? So they're screaming Kang the Conqueror at us. They're screaming mm -hmm. it with Ravona, with everybody. But like we know that Doctor Doom literally fucks with time he goes forward in time backwards in time uh yeah. and he's really famous for having his castle which can literally travel through time and space at one point because he literally becomes a god by himself that's Vlad. that's Vlad's castle exactly the so thing is my theory is we got a tease of the fantastic four in wandavision right because they, the no, no, Silver Surfer. yeah 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 uh, in wandavision where they were talking about like that astrophysicist that should be looking at the case Mm -hmm. We were thinking that that was Mr. Fantastic, right? That, that's where I was like first thinking about that. And now that I see, I saw the castle and I'm like, okay, it looks like the castle uh, that, that Kang uses, but I, why do I get the slight feeling that it might just be Dr. Doom just making like that he's stuck, he's stuck in that timeline and like he can't get out. And then once we meet him, it's like, oh shit, the Fantastic Four are coming. Mizu, what do you think about that? I'm I think you've broken me too. Not, I did not put him into the equation, and that is very true. Yeah, one of his first things he ever has done was mess with time. Yeah, he learned he learned science, he learned magic, and the first thing he did was make a time machine. And he went around looking at different alternate universes and things of that nature. And because of doing that, that's when he got to his you know final solution to what he wants to do is you know conquer the world yeah um but yeah i did not think about that that is that would be an interesting and i'm not gonna lie beautiful twist i would literally look at Marvel like okay fine we didn't get king conquer but this hey. is better because <laughs> i've been if you guys don't know i've been wanting love, dr doom to show up in the mcu for a long ass time i feel like dr doom hasn't been done justice in these movies yet every time we no. do a fantastic four he's just been crap and he's mm -hmm. never to his truest form so <sighs> If that is true, if Dr. Doom does show up and he is in that freaking castle, I will lose my mind. If it is but, Castle um, Doom, I will literally fall flat. 
I mean, honestly, this clearly what we're saying means it's sorry. Oh, but honestly, like they're like many people. Of course, so you got Doctor Doom, you got Kang the Conqueror. That's mm-hmm. another one. Some people are speculating that it's a version of Kang the Conqueror. It's it's Kang the Conqueror, but not the Kang the Conqueror. Some people are because uh, it's mm-hmm. like, mind you, there's many because you know Kang the Conqueror mm-hmm. messes with time. There's being. many different yeah. versions of him. So mm-hmm. some people speculate that it's a, a different version of him. Some people speculate that there is um, this guy. I forgot his official title. Um, the one who, the one who watches, the one who keeps something like that. And oh, the watcher. He's the person. He's the person who created the the timekeeper. Oh uh, yeah. He's actually the person who controls all the time and stuff like that. But he made, or at first there there used to be a timekeepers, but yeah. then um, something happened to him and he defeated them. They used to be time destroyers, and then he came oh. in, took them down. And he controlled time, but he wanted to keep up like the ruse, or not the ruse, but like to keep up like the flow of time. So he yeah. turned the time destroyers into time keepers to keep the flow of time. So some people speculate that it's him, that person. I just forgot his name. I gotta look it up, but it might be him. Some people also speculate that it's a variation of, of, of another Loki variant. Just uh, uh, that. That would be t- I would be the worst. That's the worst I'm not possible. Gonna lie, that's the one I'm not looking forward that's to. That's the worst that tease. If it is another version of Loki and it's been mm-hmm. Loki this entire time. And I mean, granted, it, it makes logical sense to a point. Like, think about it. Like, oh, yeah. Like, it'd be Loki and Loki's trying to keep his or her timeline intact. So to get rid of all the other Lokis that would ruin his or her sacred timeline. So that is a possibility. I it definitely hope is. Because that would be, granted, it will make sense to the point of the story to a point. But it will be incredibly tacky. Yeah, I think betting odds favorite is either that or Kang the Conqueror. I'd say those are probably even. And then you know what? We'll throw in Victor Von Doom as as a close third, though, because that would be incredible. Well, yeah. Here's the like, here's the like, thing: Doom Castle would be awesome. All of that. The reason I wanted to be Victor Von Doom is because I know John uh, Krasinski would be the perfect Mister Incredible. He would be so good for that role. And I just, I want to see him in the MCU because he deserves to be in it. That's what I want. But we wouldn't have even have got there without Sylvie. And thank God for Sylvie because Loki was going to try and stab a cosmic shark to death. And so <laughs> like, like we are now seeing like, in, like, like we said with Black Widow, like we're seeing a like a very well-written female-led kind of show then like she's she's the head she's the brain she's the only rational loki like the other lokis are all hiding or fighting or portraying each other and we're actually seeing like like competence and like non-dependency on men in the role i i i'm loving what they're doing with sylvie do you guys think that she is being written correctly do you guys like the direction they're taking with her and also what do you think is in the future for her because she, her timeline doesn't end with her death. We don't know that yet. Mizu, start us off. Um, honestly, since they are set up the multiverse, so I'm pretty sure that those probably other Lokis might go back to their timelines and we never know what they're going to do. So there is a window of opportunity for Sylvie to be around. Yeah. Um, but I have a weird feeling that they're going to kill one of them off. Or something's going to happen. So her or Loki, essentially. Or one of, like, either Loki or, the, um, either Sylvie or Loki are mm-hmm. going to be killed off or something's going to happen to them one way or another, or one way or the other. So, but overall, I definitely agree that Sylvie is well-written. It She doesn't feel like 
um, you know, a damsel in stress. Like no. she's been the one pulling the strings. And honestly, it feels like Loki yep. is the one like messing everything up. Like exactly everything has been put together and he just comes in and just ruins the plans. Mm-hmm. Um overall, yeah, I think Sophie is pretty well written. I, I honestly have no real critiques besides I just wish that maybe the series was a little bit longer. Yeah. All right, Jose, what about you? Oh, I'm at a, I'm at a crossroads, right? Because I, what I, mm-hmm. what I'm thinking is um, these shows that we're getting from Marvel, they can basically be seen as anthology series, just like individual stories that can be compressed into six or seven episodes or eight episodes or whatever you have. But yeah. they, 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 they always lead to something else, right? They have some implication for, for what's coming up next. That's what Marvel's setting up, at least with WandaVision, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and now with Loki. And even like even further, the What If series is kicking off in August 11, which is literal, and, and it's confirmed. And we got a trailer ca- for it. Yes, we, yep. we can talk about after this. The the it, it's confirmed to be canon. So those are multiverse worlds. Oh. Like there is a world where T'Challa is literally Star Lord. So that just that is like glorious. That's to sick. Me. But the thing is that like um. I don't now that we've established that the only issue is that like some of these characters could just be considered fodder. It's like if one dies, perfect, because there's like a billion different versions of them that could show up. But I, I what what I'm I'm saying about this is I love Sylvie. I love her character. I love her. Mm -hmm. Like, I love how she taught herself enchanting and she literally Mm -hmm. enchanted Aliyah, who stopped the person in the castle from getting out or whatever. Uh, she also basically got to Loki and got him to to reflect on why he's been so selfish and narcissistic. And three, mm-hmm. she can create Nexus events by just being close to the guy. So like, yeah. the fact that she might die at the end of the show is kind of sucky. But at the same time, this lends itself to be like, okay, look, there's more opportunities for her in a plethora of other stories that we can make in other shows. So yeah, one, I love Sylvie. Two. She shouldn't die. And three, Marvel needs to tell us what the hell is up with these shows. Like, are they going to be like contained stories? Or are they all going to like lead to something better? Because I don't know. Oh, I think they have to. They, they absolutely have to lead to something. I mean, because yeah. I, like I said, I think this is what's going to kick off the multiverse. Oh, that's what we've been saying this entire time. This is what's going to kick off the multiverse of madness. Mm-hmm. I, at least is at least what we're hoping. And that's I mean, that situation will probably lead itself to King Conqueror being in the castle. But yeah, that's. That's what I think is going to happen. And, and we kind of saw it with Black Widow, you know, because we saw we saw a little leak over like a, a character that we were introduced to. In fact, uh, uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier now is in the actual movie. So I, I think there is obvious. I think there's going to be tumble over for sure. But so since we are talking Sylvie and since we are talking Black Widow and female character leads and all that, I actually I think it's uh, we chose the theme for today would be to talk about you know, like thematic, like character leads, like female leads and our favorite in modern culture and the way and what we like about them in a, in a segment that we're kind of playing with that Jose uh, brought to me and Mizu last week called stack them up. And so I'm going to, I'm going to do a little stack them up right now. If you guys don't mind yes, um, to, to get you guys a little, to get you guys a little, um, I guess, briefing on what stack them up is essentially each one of us comes to the table here it's a new segment if only we had a sound a new segment alert but we have each are going to bring someone to the table and we're going to say this is the best female character lead in modern culture like modern pop culture and here's why and then you guys 
are going to tell us in the comments and in our we might make polls and all these things like that who won who won who brought the best to the table so i'm going to go first i'm going to get us started here in my vote for the number one female character female lead female anything in modern pop culture right now is nobara from jjk and and here's why because we've all seen jjk and, and yes it's not what we're currently absorbing, but Nobara has stuck with me for months now. And here's why, because anime very rarely gets this correct. Unfortunately, unless it is literally, that's the whole point of the anime. If if it's a, even in magical girl animes, we, we very rarely get that correct. The entire, the entirety of the magical girl trope is, is actually probably off base for what we're looking for here. So usually in a shonen, we get the Sakuras, we get the Hinatas, we get the, I don't even know, um, we get the Namis, we get, you know, it's usually, they're they're part of the team, of course, they're seen as equal, of course, but they're weaker, they're usually in distress, that kind of situation, they're boiled down to either being a mother, a sister, a daughter, or a sexual object, and that is it, but Nobara is none of those things, she is none of those things, her relationship with the main character, Itadori, is not sexual it is platonic friendship she exists they exist platonically of each other she is seen as powerful as we have seen in the last couple of episodes does not depend on others does not get put in situations that she can't get herself out of and doesn't need a rescuing she is also you know she also is seen just banging with the boys like that's the thing like she Mm -hmm. can bring it to the table she does things that are like the way that she fights that final boss fight where she's throwing nails like through her wrist that is something that you would not typically see out of a female in a shonen anime and it's so trope specific in shonen animes to boil these women down to that kind of role that it was so incredible and it's the reason why it's one of the many reasons but it's a big reason to me as to why jjk is in my top five anime of all time because it's not even just her it is all the women that they bring to the table in that show and i think it sets the precedent for anime in the future especially for the the shonen archetype jose mizu okay so i have two right okay so i have one that it, yes yes but i, I want to say so for, so for the past for the past like in the past because there's obviously yeah. been a ton of great characters that have transcended the, the the space and time of of the movie that they were in or the series that they were in the ones that come mm. to mind ellen ripley from the uh, alien series yeah she was a badass sarah so, connor my daughter yeah sarah connor and uh, we got people that say hermione hermione smarts literally like helped harry potter just survive for for six <laughs> years my bit but, but but those are not in my in my realm. Oh, okay. Gotcha, I would say gotcha, those gotcha. that transcended space and time uh, in the past, Princess Leia Organa. So so Leia, I think Leia, with all that she with all that she was, right? She could have been the damsel in distress. She could have been the one that literally uh, just just stayed to her role. But no, she literally became a general for the re- for the rebellion, right? She not only she didn't fall for the main character. Spoiler alert: It was her brother. But yes, she she love love did not, not define it's not that her. She didn't try, you know. Yes. Like they they did kiss. I I, I agree, but that but what yeah. what we've talked what we've been talking about with JJK, right? Love and the romantic relationship is usually the main component or the main driving of factor of like role. of a female's role. In yeah. this case, it complements her. Like her relationship with Han Solo complements their banter complements the comedy in the movie it also mm-hmm. cements like the, the the legacy of that 
of that whole family with bringing Kylo Ren into existence and all the, mm-hmm. the, 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 all the things that happened in the sequel trilogy, that that's a whole other argument that we can have. But I think Princess Leia Organa gave a lot of female uh, characters that draw that, that ins- was it was the inspiration for a lot of female characters moving forward throughout the 70s and 80s to just not conform to that just sexualized um character and just be that force for like actual uh plot development in the movie or in the series that they were in so like b- because of leia one the plans of the death the the plans of the death star were correctly given to the soldiers uh, because because of Leia, they also were able to basically <laughs> flow through episode four and into episode five because she was mm-hmm. commanding the, the the level the rebel forces at Hoth. Like she was the one there besides yeah. the council. But like Princess Leia is the one in movies. I would say in animation or any, or some or stuff like that more recent. This is more of a like obscure, not obscure pick because she's well known. But like it might be to a lesser degree, but just in the in the scope of her story, Katara from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Mm-hmm. Katara, Katara, it's a good choice. Katara, it's a really good choice. Katara took Aang and Zuko and made them both into what they should have become. Yeah. Like and and she was also, the moral compass exactly. Of the show. And yeah. the biggest thing for me is that at the point where she could have had her revenge, she didn't. And it was yeah. because oh, yeah. and and like her her character development throughout the entire show and even into Legend of Korra. Um, it, it just screams of like a badass female character that had every single uh bucket filled. She was courageous. She was also extremely smart, strategic. Her her rom- her romance was not like it, it wasn't cringy. Like it, she she no. literally saw the worst of Aang and made him into the Avatar. So like, yeah. oh yeah, I I, I her, I'm going for Katara happening. and then Princess Leia. What about you, Mizu? Well, so wait, can I, I also... quickly can I quickly talk uh, in your points here for a second here? Yes. Because this, because this, we're bouncing this around. First off, all of the the Avatar anthology, core is also incredibly well written. So are a lot of the other female characters before. I agree with the Leia, the, the Leia take for the sequels. Okay, but but Slave Leia was many people's first erection, sir. So I'm just, I'm just gonna, ah. I'm just gonna say, listen, ah. they put that woman in a skimpy brass bikini and chained her up next to a big old slug, and you know, that. That was on posters, my good sir. I think it's a theme that the third movie in a Star Wars franchise uh, is always like something of a controversy. <laughs> it takes a, it takes a so, little dip. Yeah, it takes a little dip, except for maybe the fight scene in, in episode three. But yeah, I'll take it. I'll give I'll give it to you. Yes, maybe, maybe All right. slightly. Though. Listen, if this is a competition, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to get my points up. That's it. Hey, All right, I'll take Katara. I'll take Katara instead of this. <laughs> okay, oh, double down on Katara. Oh, man. Um, like Jose, I also have two. Okay. Um, one's an anime and one is also Star Wars. So the first one with the anime, I will have to say um, Noelle from Black Clover. So oh, yep. In both anime and manga. So at first when you meet Noelle, she seems like this stereotypical um, female character in a battleship. You expect, I hate to use because I'm a person who defends her a lot, but you expect her to be the Sakura of the show. <laughs> which i resent that statement i'm just saying it i just made a, i just made but, me and mizu are a bit on backing soccer aside <laughs> we literally lead the offensive of she is useful i just made a video that got almost half a million views because people were mad i, t- I talked about the people soccer are gonna beat in a fight yes i saw that that's crazy yeah. but um people think that she was gonna be like that but she grew 
And to me, she's one of the, to me, one of the prime examples of female progression in, like, in um, anime. Because she went from mm-hmm. being, I'm not gonna lie, a snot-nosed royal woman yeah. to being a whole powerhouse. She yeah. literally, what's the word? Um, she literally looked at her flaws and understood that and kept pushing and got stronger mm-hmm. to the point where she never needs, like, she never really needs help with anyone anymore, especially going no. on in the manga. She is literally, I'm not gonna lie, it's like, because her her magic, by the way, is water, water-based magic. And at this point, you can basically call her the goddess of water. She literally not only has um, been a person who has received help, she's also mm-hmm. helped help others. Because usually when a, um, a female character in anime is always the one being helped on, doesn't oh, yeah. really help others. We just, don't get that power scaling very frequently. Exactly. You know, we, we it just like it's it, it's a lot in it works in Naruto that way. Like only Hinata and Sakura really ever ever scale up in power. And Hinata is barely any stronger than she was as a Geni. Like it's like it's like she knows gentle step, but she learned twin twin line. And then Sakura gets stronger and gets healing abilities, but everybody else stays the same. Exactly. And that's the one thing I also love about Noelle is that. Not only does she get, because you know, every character occasionally gets a power up and then they just, you know, they stay stacked. No. Right there. Yeah. Noelle constantly improves each and every time to the point where half the fandom is only talking about her power. Like, Lesson. oh, you've seen what Good. Noelle has done. Now she has done it again. She has done it. Again. It keeps seeing people say that she's done it again. She has yeah. gone even you more powerful than she's ever done before. And on top of that, she understand, like I said, she understands her faults. She improves upon mm-hmm. it. She helps out people. She does more than just be that idle female character in the back that stays stacked. Um, yeah. My second character, also related to Star Wars, who has went from being like went from being something that people didn't relatively know to being something of, or you could say, Star Wars. Honestly, royalty now. Oh, is I know who he's gonna be. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Uh, Ahsoka yuck. Kano. Way uh, better fuck. choice. Kano, Way that. better yeah. choice fuck. than <laughs> Leia, sir. Damn. We, and if you, here's something you guys understand. Ahsoka Tano first appeared in the Star Wars Clone Wars movie. And mm. at first, you know, a lot of people didn't really vibe with her at first. She just seemed like that, stere- at first, she seemed like that stereotypical female character who's always got something to say and stuff like that, really quippy. But as the story progressed, especially in the Star Wars Clone Wars show and then Rebels, she has progressively gotten better yep. each and every time, learning, becoming stronger. Yep. Um, and then like learning from her mistakes and, and learning from things that happen. Like honestly, because you haven't seen this show, but like um, one of the most powerful scenes to me is when she made the decision to lead the Jedi Order. Because yeah. in that moment, it made so much perfect sense. Because think about it, in the to give you a little background, the Jedi Temple was bombed. Someone bonded and it killed some Jedi, either younglings or just some Jedi in the temple. And the younglings, the younglings have it so bad, dude. I'm pretty sure that at least some people did, uh, some Jedi did die, and mm-hmm. she was framed for it. Oh, and yeah, she was framed for it. So the Jedi put her on council, put her on um, what's the word? Not put her on council, but um, probation, they, Pro, like probation. They put her on trial. Oh, okay. For her crimes. Oh, true. And. Everybody, and here's a part that was so sad that everybody and their mother, every Star Wars character that you knew at the time, with the exception of Anakin, who was the only person in her corner, everybody mm-hmm. was not with her. Yoda wasn't even with her. Everybody was just like, man. oh yeah, you did this, and we had to clear her name. But after all that, of course, we find out that it wasn't her. It happened to be a different Jedi who did it. Um, 
But after all that ordeal was done, they're just like, okay, well, everything's back together. We can join the Jedi again. And she was just like, no, nah, no, not how that works. He said, you like you guys, like the way you guys operate, all that stuff, it's just not working. I, I just felt like I can't go back to people who were literally quick to turn me away. So yeah. I'm leaving. And honestly, that could have been at first at the time, we thought that was the end of her character. We were never going to see her again until Star Wars Rebel. And she comes back as this gray Jedi who has these dope ass twin light white mm-hmm. blades. And here's the story. Here's the thing. Another reason that she's badass. You know how she got those white blades? It's because she fought one of the Inquisitors, another uh-huh. Force user. And one way to change the color of your lightsaber to what it is, is by your feelings in the Force. It's not just oh. a crystal you find. I and thought it, it was, yeah, I thought it was a crystal. Yeah. Like, for example, if you're going to turn a blue crystal, how the Sith get their crystal is that they have to put all their hate and hatred into, into the crystal, and it breaks and turns into a red crystal. That's, That's so how, weird. yes. So... <laughs> The, um, when she was fighting the, the one of the Inquisitors, she straight up had a philosophical battle with him, similar to Darth Vader, and she defeated him. But then she went through her own trial because of her mixed feelings about leaving the Jedi uh-huh. and kind of leaning towards the dark because she was not having you know that Jedi guidance anymore. But she was able to purify the crystal to the point where it came out white. That's, That's how she got her white blades. Wow. Then later on, she goes on to lead, just like... Um, Princess Leia, she goes on to lead rebel groups across mm-hmm. different um, sectors of the galaxy, then comes back to fight her old master. That's and one crazy. of the most heartbreaking yeah, oh, fights yeah, yeah. I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. That scene was like, that fight scene was it, so dude. deep. I need to watch it so badly. I, I, yes, I, I feel bad. Watch- I feel bad because that was the best choice. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Yeah, on, yeah, like, regretting the Leia choice. Fuck. No, no, <laughs> later on, when we, when, we, when we assume that Ahsoka was dead, we get more things that happen, and she did turn out to live. And mm-hmm. one of the um, entities of the Force, see, she's so good. She's so good at what she does, and people believe in her strong will with the Force that the entity of the light side of the Force was her like little avatar. That's crazy. In the form of an owl. That always interesting. There's a, there's a story behind that itself, but like yeah. basically, the force is a living entity, and one of the entities it has is for the light is like it's a light site, and it took a an owl form, and it has always followed her and wherever she goes. Crazy, and it kept her protected. That's how much the force loves her, dude. You know what? Good for because you know what? I I feel like that's the truth though, because like a large part of the sequel movies and while they are while they are they have their problems is that they're kind of breaking down that the Jedi way, the Jedi way isn't essentially the correct way. You know, I, I guess the, at the at the end of it, they made Rey a gray Jedi-ish and Ahsoka, someone who's adored by the Force, is also a gray Jedi. And so there isn't, like, yes, the balance of the Force needs both Jedis and Sith, but, like, gray Jedi don't disbalance the Force. You know, they don't need an off-putting. They just exist by like with the force and i think that's probably the most important thing that you can do is not offsetting the balance of the force and being a great jedi but since we now have that incredible segue and also guys we will be putting a poll up on one of our tiktoks and you guys can tell us who won that stack them up but since we have an incredible segue here talking about isoko we got to see her planet this week in bad batch yes sir we oh went to we went to rylar and it was kind of a very different episode for us because we essentially didn't really see 
the 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 Bad Batch until what seventeen minutes into a twenty five episode twenty five minute episode it was crazy. Yes, but sir. at the same time, my biggest note on the episode was what an incredible job! Like a like an actual like gold standard on how to build a, an entire planet's situation in Oof. less than one episode. They introduced it opens with a senator talking to a group of disgruntled Rylarians. Twi'leks, yeah, Twi'leks, yeah, Twi'leks, got you, yeah, and setting up like the Empire's Passover, um, for the for Rylar, the planet, and so in in a matter of fifteen minutes, they have built out this entire world's political scheme and how the how the Empire's takeover is affecting it, and I thought it was a masterclass. Was I alone there? No, I actually made a note of that that like they did such a great job making me care for more yep. than two characters like 10 episodes 11 episodes into a 16 18 episode series i was like yeah. yo i care about all these people so mm -hmm. I, I i i feel like they uh they switched it up they switched the gears right because now that now we're getting into more of like what is th what what we have talked about as being like the change from being mercenaries to being uh, freedom fighters, right? That's what we've that's what we've been talking about, like through the show. That yeah. that's what we think the Bad Batch is going to be, just like becoming a part of the Rebel Alliance or like the post. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. The the there was the the Rebel Alliance. I guess. Uh, More so or less, yeah, yeah. So so the the idea was that we met what we met Cham, we met Gobi Glee, we met Elena, and we made mm -hmm. uh, we met her mom. Which was uh, what was her name? Oh, no, we Eleni was the mom. Hera's the daughter. Hera. Hera's the, Hera's daughter, the yeah. one. And 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 honestly, bro, I I feel like this week, not not gonna lie, has been feel filled with a lot of great female characters because Elena yep. got me from the jump. So I loved I loved the plan. I love the situation. I love how they uh, added conflict without it being cheesy. It actually mm -hmm. meant a lot of things for the actual people in Ryloth. Uh, so oh, overall, I think this was a solid like 8.5 episode. Yeah, 8.5 out of 10. What do you think, Mizu? Honestly, I'm going to give it a nine for the simple fact that they put in um, something that makes me geek out a little bit. Um, Hera, the daughter of the leader mm -hmm. of yeah, Rylar. Yeah. And for those who don't know, um, Hera is one of the main characters of the Rebel series. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty cool because I was sitting here like when they said her name, Hera, I was just like, Hera, that sounds, sounds familiar. so familiar. Like, yeah. you mean like Hera, Hera? And then I looked it up. I'm like, holy crap, it is her. And going back off her um, her picture that she had of her parents and they look exactly how she pictured them. I thought that was pretty cool. So I love the fact that Hera meets Omega. So they mm -hmm. Hera has met the Bad Batch. That was a cool. That was that was a cool moment there. Like Omega showing Hera around the 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 ship and all of that. And look and listen. I'll say this: Star Wars TV show continuity. Star yeah. Wars show continuity is freaking amazing. Perfect. I never seen how consistent it is when it comes to um, stuff and callbacks and stuff of that nature. The the mm -hmm. Clone Wars. The Clone Wars, Rebels, and even now Bad Batch. Oh, you're good. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. Even now Bad Batch, they all connect very well. I love how they do that. And it and it all makes sense. You're never sitting here like, oh, that's that's a plot hole. That's a plot hole. If only the movies just followed through with the same logic. 
just have the people who make the TV shows make the movies. It's what I've been saying to DC for legitimate like years and years and years. They DC has never missed with an animated movie. They're all good. I was like, why are we not just having those guys make the regular movies? But yes, no, you're right. No, continuity is incredible. Here's one of the things that I think that shows how great the Star Wars TV show continuity is, is that um, the creators of it watched the uh, original trilogies and the prequels. And one of the scenes when Anakin in Star Wars 3 is talking to Grievous, and he's just like, oh, I imagine you to be a lot ta- taller. And it's just mm-hmm. a throwaway line. But the creators of it are just like, oh, that means they never made each other. So throughout the entire Star Wars Clone Wars show, we Anakin sure and Grievous never met. They never Crazy. meet, ever. There are close encounters but they never meet because they kept it because of that one throwaway line. They kept it to make sure it stays that way. So it made sense. Refuse to redcon. Refuse to redcon. Dave Filoni is a god of storytelling, bro. He is very good at his job. So here's my thing, guys. I think I have a theory. And I think the theory could have large implications down the line. You guys saw Crosshair, right? Yeah. He has a large chunk of his head gone now. Yeah. That chunk of his head that's missing exactly where the inhibitor chip was Ooh. i think i think crosshair's inhibitor chip got blown out of his head and i think at this point the only thing driving him is legitimate like like do like he he's gone too far and now he's committed to the cause he's committed to the purpose he always he was never a big fan of the bad batch anyways he's a salty dude but when they got their inhibitor Ooh. chip removed, they all had band-aids right in the, there on, in the, on the right, side in of the right head. hand side of their head. And I'm looking at the picture, right yes. hand side of their head and crosshair now has a chunk of his skull missing in that exact spot. So what are crosshair's motivations now to stay with the death troopers? We don't know. We don't know. I, that's just my theory. I don't know what it could mean for down the line, but I, I, I think I'm calling this one. Maybe he, I might let this sound messed up. Maybe he just likes killing. I, I he just, just I don't he, know. He, that's his glorious purpose. The Frieza effect, bro. Yeah, you get addicted to it. Yeah, honestly, like, like people just think I, I'm out here fighting for my life, but really, I just like fighting. The question that I have, right? Having mm-hmm. said that, would we be opposed to having like a death match between Haunter and uh, and Crosshair then to save Omega nope. or something like that? Nope, not even remotely. I would Does not it, be able to. It would be. It would be just like it would be just like um, the episode, not the episode, the mission in Metal Gear Solid, where there's a sniper and you have to you have to crawl through. You have to crawl through all the trees and you have to get the sniper. It's the hardest mission in the entirety of the Metal Gear like verse. And, uh-huh. and they do different iterations of it several times. There's one with Butterfly and Metal Gear 4 and all of these things. Um, not butterfly. She, her gun is the butterfly. But regardless, like, yes, that would be awesome. That would, I think, that's the only way we can end the show is the ultimate death match between the Death Troopers and the Bad Batch. Yep. What um, about we, you, me? I mean, what were you saying? Jose? No, I was gonna say, have we met? Have we been introduced to the other uh, people? Uh, the other Death Troopers? Because like, I know, I know when they um, <laughs> scorched. <laughs> yeah. Half of the yeah. People like uh, Crosshairs didn't hesitate to like cap one of his own so like i'm like okay no. uh are these people gonna have like personalities or are they just like crosshairs minions well earlier in the episode we see their faces but ah, that's yeah, that's about it yeah we haven't like we haven't like we're not sitting down they're like hi i'm mm. buster buster rhymes or something mm. you know <laughs> but yeah, i don't i don't i don't i just buster rhymes is now a death trooper it's canon but i i thought that was incredible and i also think like all right first off why did they smoke the senator like that 
since we're talking since we're talking crosshairs, why did they smoke a, a senator that was sympathetic to their cause like that? That's that confused me. Because they were looking for an excuse to take away the only person that the people in in uh, Ryloth would were loyal to, which is uh, Cham. So I guess as soon as like he had the gun pointed at them, they could like uh-huh. say it's plausible cause. It's like, oh, they had a, an assassination on the senator. So like empire's taking over. Right. Am I am I am I correct, Mizu? I think I mean, does that's that doesn't sound that out of pocket. What do you think of Mizu? Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, after like the whole scene when they found Hera snooping around, they're just like, oh, well, I mean, like if we do that, then like she's the she's the um, the senator's daughter that she can do this, that and the third. So we're not going to, you know, attack. her. So like, yeah, they they have their ways of getting around it. So it's not impossible. Yeah, I mean, that was that was really cool. Like I like I said, masterclass in building a story in one episode. The only time I've ever seen um, something close to it is probably like episode eight or so of SAO. No, earlier than that, um, when they have Kirito join a guild and they build out the entire guild story before they kill off the entire guild all in one 22 episode, 22 minute episode. And it feels like it's like two hours long. And that's what that episode felt like. It, it literally felt like it was longer than it actually was. But since we're talking about episodes that, you know, that, that did a good job of building a verse, building out the storyline, we missed MHA last week. And now we have it back this week. And it was really cool and really interesting that we are now getting to see Hawks as an undercover agent. He is he's passing out the literature of the libertarian movement or whatever it is. And it is so cool seeing him under, like seeing his abilities. He can use his feathers to listen to ultrasonic sounds and all of that. You caught the episode, right, Mizu? Yes. Um, I also love the fact that we're, I guess, the, the dreaded scene that some some Mario fans are not too fond of, but I'm looking forward to mm-hmm. it. Is you know, um, I, I don't want to say too much, but um, a certain person is going to get, you know, his time to shine. Okay. And um, some some fans are not fond of it but i have been a sympathizer of this character a little bit and i know it's kind of controversial but i've been in his corner just a tad bit are we talking about endeavor yes we're talking about endeavor yes okay and here's the thing this was a really interesting episode for endeavor and it's also just been a really interesting season for endeavor because he's probably the most polarizing character in this entire show and it's because, quite frankly, he was an abuser. At, like, he abused Shoto. He, he was a terrible father, and now he's trying to win back his son. And I actually really like the way they're approaching it. Um, and, and you are a sympathizer, and, and that's, that's interesting. And I, I, like, I, do, I think everyone deserves a second chance and all that. But at the same time, I love Shoto not giving him the time of the day. I love it. I love it because I when it boils down to it, it's up to Shoto whether or not he yes. wants to forgive Endeavor for all Absolutely. those things that happened. And so, like, like listen, like it, I feel like the easiest way to go about it is like Shoto Endeavor skip off into the sunset. But like this, like this is a this is a lighthearted, like it's it's not kitty, but like it's a lighthearted show that does have some darker themes like abuse. And Shoto is dealing it with a way that I would have dealt with it. it. Like coming from a similar situation as a child, like that's how I would have dealt with it. And that's how I continue to deal with it. And so like, it is, it is a very interesting and like understandable and well-written approach to Endeavor as a character. And I love it. And I don't, here's the thing, they've done it so well. I don't know where I sit with Endeavor, but like you're, you're a sympathizer to the cause. 
and he's about to get it. Because I'm going off of what I've been reading in the manga and when uh-huh. what transpires. Um, of course, like it's it's never gonna be forgive and forget. No, never it's more erased. of like I'm I just appreciate the fact that he is trying. Because you know, most oh, yeah. anime dads and other stuff could just be Goku. like whatever. It's mm-hmm. whatever, or they can gotcha, gloss okay. or they can easily gloss over it and be like, oh yeah, I did this, no, I'll fix that there. But like, no, <laughs> he is making a continuous active effort. Yeah. And he and of course another thing is not just that, he's not just looking for an apology, like he's actually thinking about it. Like he's yeah. actually looking back at the stuff he does, and it's just like, man, I was pretty fucked up. Yeah. And it's not even just with Shoto. That's the important part is it's not even just with his like his golden son. You know, he's trying to do it with all of his children. He's trying to make re- he, he still has a relationship with some of his children because he was harder on Shoto than he was with others. But like he is trying to mend those bridges. And I, I think that's really, really cool. And I think it's a very interesting subplot. Like it's not even that's not even close to the main plot of the story. Like these are those are two arguably side characters. But there is so much in-depthness with their relationship that it's that it actually fleshes out what is a side character relationship. It makes it feel like it's a main storyline, but it's not. It's not. It's not like to the grand scheme of the story. It means nothing. Yes, definitely. I also think that he's an incredible teacher. Like, say what you will about how he is as a father. Like, the way he's teaching Todoroki and Bakugo how to, like, compress their fire, like, in Fire Force. It's like holding down the finger, you know, to to make the compression of the fire faster is awesome. It's really, really cool seeing him train all of these, like, all of these kids. And you could say, you could say that this entire season, like, hasn't necessarily progressed the plot. But we have learned so much about these characters and their motivations and I think this episode was a fantastic example of that, don't you? Oh, yes, absolutely. And even though those who say that it's not progressing, like, because I have a feeling like some people, like, kind of did what, kind of like what they did with the um, other festival art, that people, everybody, mm-hmm. thought, everybody thought that that was filler with um, Gentle Criminal and stuff like that. Like, no, yeah. that's actually canon. Yeah. It just seems to you like filler, but it, it's like all this stuff does matter. So yeah, even stuff right now, like, don't write this off as like some kind of background thing. This, the stuff in here, does matter and it will play out and not just in the this arc but in arcs to come yeah no it's that's thing is like they do they flesh out mha definitely if you you had to give it one accolade is its ability to flesh out a universe that is something it's done well for a long time and it doesn't ever make it feel tedious bothersome like slow it's been fantastic um my thing is also my, my final note on the episode is um you would just if i know the city as i do if i'm running around i would remember which certain sections were endeavors territory and which weren't because for a hit and run that man lit himself on fire flew across the city and ripped a man off a bike and i was like yeah just don't commit crime in like certain parts of the city right like yeah for real you can imagine us walking down the street like okay we're gonna rob this bank wait wait what province are we in it's like oh yeah exactly Never mind. We got to do it a different place. Yeah, <laughs> what, like, what do you mean? Hey, He's going to know. Who's going to know? know? He's going to know. Do you know who's three blocks down the street? It's like in Gotham. You're like, I'm not doing crime. I'm trying to get my arm ripped out of my socket. Like I'm in Endeavor's hood currently. No, oh, thank you. But since we are talking Endeavor and we're talking Todoroki, hey, you're in the uh, you're in the uh, the sports festival here. Almost finished it up here, my guy. You want to talk to us about a little more MHA? Oh, uh, yes, sir. So 
uh, the first session of cla- ca- catching up with Jose. It's been a while. It's been been a wild couple of weeks for me. Uh, but I, I did put my in big, a boot. Yes, I did put my big boy pants, and I saw over six episodes. So I've seen a couple of the battles. I saw uh, Ashido fight uh, Aoyama. Uh, mm-hmm. Totally trash that guy. I mean that. So it never that never changes. He's when just, are we gonna? When he, do we get naval laser being useful? We don't. We okay. don't. No, it doesn't. It doesn't happen. He shoots a laser out of his stomach. What did you think was going to happen? One of the things that I was going to say, I think when they were stretching him off, he had like a brown part. Like, did Uh he actually like shit himself on like right there? Well, so he gets he gets stomach issues when he uses his navel laser for more than a second. He essentially has like irritable bowel syndrome. Oh, God, that 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 is brought on by his quirk. So, yeah, it's a solid possibility. So definitely, definitely, that <laughs> it was just funny. Uh, yeah. At that point, uh, the Tetsu Tetsu fight uh, was was also pretty ridiculous because I mean, he's one of my just, favorite characters. It's the same thing. It's the same set of powers. Yeah. It's it's basically rock and steel. It's like a, a, a same. It's Reggie Rock and Reggie Steel. Yeah, it's Reggie the same Rock and Reggie Steel fighting each other. Nobody can tell me different. It's just two Pokemon's fighting. Mm-hmm. But um, I love that <laughs> the main. So the two fights that actually meant a lot. Uh, in this arc, at least so far. Mm-hmm. Um, well, with a little bit. So, so okay. The the fight with um, Tokoyami, right? Uh, he he fought Momo, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He literally wrecked her with two shots, like three shots, maybe. Like, ju- I mean, the, the th- this dude is powerful AF. So I I yeah. want to see more of him. I want to see his backstory. I am a really big fan of. The bird, the man bird. I we like Tokoyami. Yes. I like I'm Tokoyami a lot. Of him as well. I'm in the Tokoyami cool camp for sure. Yeah. Um, we got to talk about it. Okay, let's go. Get so, into it. for those of you that have been following my catching up series so far, I have a problem, a visible, a a vocal problem with Mister Triple B himself, the mm-hmm. baby back bitch Bakugo. So yep, I saw in. the Uraraka Bakugo fight. This man, not only is he kind of shaky in terms of tactics, uh, he is also just a, a, a horrible human being. He was coming yeah. in for the kill, even though, even though, like, he was about to get clapped because, like, Uraraka did what she had to do. She basically pulled a like uh, a spirit bomb scenario instead of, but instead of just like waiting there, she was literally just evading. Uh, deathly yep. fire traps at every nook and cranny and corner. So Uraraka A proved that her strategy is way more versatile She's than her, just her ability. Smart. Yeah. Yes. Her, her ability might seem kind of uh, lacking in some matchups because she needs physical contact, but she, her, like she's smarticle. She, she yeah. can power the Prindle. Big so that, that's an obscure Did reference. Did you right just there make up? Prindle reference? Yes, that's it. <laughs> Sweet I, life I, like, second oh, Cody references. My goodness, that's she, crazy. All she's right, smart enough for the Prindle, bro. So she showed me that she is very valuable to class one A. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bakugo showed me he should be in the villain version of U of UA. Like, what the fuck are we doing, bro? Bakugo sucks. I don't yeah, like I mean, him. I don't third- like him. They do try and take them. Hey, 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 hey. I'm going to just say that firepower. I mean, I saw a death battle between Shoto and Zuko. What I really want to know is. Ooh, could, who did they have win? Could, 
Oh, Choto. I mean, fire okay, and ice. Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Uh, okay, but, I but I was going to say, Bakugo versus Zuko, uh, that would be interesting. I would still pick Zuko, but Bakugo, Bakugo is just OP. He's OP. He literally put up one hand and literally put all of his sweat into that shot. Yeah. And it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. He only, he, he gets a lot stronger because there's so much you can do with like having nitroglycerin at your very expense. Versatile. Very, very versatile. Yeah. So, so I'm going to have to see him get even more villainous. Okay, perfect. So, so, so yeah. Bakugo, Bakugo yeah. is in my shit list. He's also my, my, Good. my, uh, I don't, it's, he's not my, he's not the worst character because I, I love when a, I hope, I hope at some point he, he has, he, he goes through the Frieza, uh, no, the Frieza, the Vegeta effect. Or he just say. Like, likes, likes the hero a little bit more. He's trying to get heavily racist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why would I just love it if he leaned into this no, racism? No, no, no. But like, dude, at, at, like, honestly, even with that, bro, Frieza hates Goku, but he learned to work with him in the in the in the tournament of power. So like, yeah. even, so like, even if you learn to work with the person that you're trying to beat, or in this case, just like try to like overpower or outdo, uh, Bakugo should 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 just not be static. He's he's literally we're what. I'm I'm 23 episodes into the second season of MHA and he's still a bitch. Like, why? Yeah. Oh, buddy, we're 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 a hundred episodes in and I, he's I still know. a bitch. Okay, <laughs> like, okay bet. Okay, Bakugo, so listen, so, actually, this season, this season has been big on trying to rewrite Bakugo. Well, not rewrite Bakugo, but give him his character development arc. And uh, listen, just like with Endeavor, he's a very polarizing character. So people are starting some some people are like, hey, listen, I like Bakugo. Like Mizu's wife adores Bakugo. Absolutely I am not love this man. I am not in that camp. I'm not in that camp. And I believe if you start off hating Bakugo, it's a good chance you're going to hate him for a while. So you might okay, be with bet. me once it all comes down to it. But Fair. I guess approach it with an open mind. I got to say, honestly, I'm only the reason why I'm like leaning towards favoring him. I wouldn't say I like him, but I favor him or tolerate the him health more. of his marriage. It's because, like, no, not just because, it's because my wife can, like, because of my wife, as in she's, yeah. she showed me her perspective on it. Uh-huh. But if she wasn't there, I would have been in the same camp, like, oh, yeah, he, he needs to go. Oh, my God. So, yeah, the, at least I'm not the only one. That's that's the for sure. But the most important thing that I saw from the eight or so episodes that I saw binged back to back. Mm-hmm. Holy moly, what I've been praying for. Shoto Todoroki's story fleshed out and then a battle yep. with deku that was legitness to it, it, add another obscure vine reference right there so and the thing is the mc doesn't win i know, you know? i know i know the, the, how the, often deku does that happen? bites the dust but in yep. the best way possible man literally went off trying to literally he, he so okay he broke his fingers one two three four five six seven eight nine and then went like Back and re-broke re-broke them. So he was literally about to like destroy his entire body just to make Shoto prove to himself that he can take the quirk that he hates and make it Uh his own. Yep. I fucking love that. Like Deku's my guy. I'm 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 in the Deku camp. Uh, Also, like Shoto is extremely overpowered. I'm going I'm to just leave it right there. Like, e- even when he used his ice ability too much and almost gave him frostbite, he was yeah. still overwhelmingly more powerful than Deku at that point. I'm like, bro, oh, yeah. this dude, if, if this dude controls his temperature, he could literally wipe 
half of the the animated shows that we've seen so far. He could literally take Cora and take her out for a spin. Honestly, the TBH. This dude literally that's gonna get that's gonna get you some hate. No, this dude literally because of the issues with his father when he fought. Um, yeah. With um, I forgot his name right at the moment. Um, basically tape dude, and all he did was move. All he did was shift his foot. Yeah, and froze half the stadium. Yeah, I just sent it. Absolutely Bro. sent it. And the thing is, he's only getting stronger, dude, because currently he's trying, like, the episode that me and Mizu just watched, he's starting to learn how to fly with his fire. That's a oh. big thing, is learning how to control his jet propulsion with his oh, fire. Yeah, Bakugo? He, yeah, he's only, well, so Bakugo doesn't really fly. He, Bakugo does, well, he kind of jumps. He explodes, he explodes, and it, like, sends uh -huh. him around. So they're both trying to figure out ways to get, like, continuous jet propulsion. Okay. Bet. They're only they're only getting stronger. But yes, Shoto is a very interesting, like he's a very interesting character study into like the fact that he doesn't uh -huh. want to use his father's quirk is 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 part of his storyline. And it's it's part of a larger like overarching story that we talked about, essentially, is that you can hate where you came from, but you're not the person who made you. Yeah. And that's that's a really interesting subplot and a very important subplot all throughout MHA. So that that's that's what I love about Shoto the most. What are you saying? The the other big take that I have for this week in terms of catching up is I have another contender for Triple B, and it is Endeavor. Oh. It is Endeavor. <laughs> Mance, Mance is literally a bum. Man, yeah. so, so this dude, dude. Li his dude literally says, Oh, you're my creation. And like when when we see all the flashbacks, it's like, woman, what are you doing? Like, this is yeah. what, what are you doing to my perfect creation? I'm like, this is your son. Uh, sir yeah. and then when he comes and gives like supportive uh encouragement at the festival he's like yes you finally embraced it do it my son i'm like yeah no no bro no bro you 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 a certified bum you're just mad that you couldn't be all might uh and you're gonna have to fight it out with bakugo the fire buddies to be who's the triple yeah. b every day of the week so they both get redeemed. I'd say Endeavors had more redemption than um than Bakugo. And for those listening in yeah, yeah, audio, more, he's he's gonna get more redemption than. Well, he's got further to go. Is, he's I got can't further say to go. too much, but stuff does happen with Bakugo as well. But uh -huh. I'll say right now, Endeavor still has the edge in more redemption or a look at in his um uh -huh. character for now. But yeah. yeah. And then yeah. the only thing that I had to, the last thing that I had to say, which actually might cost a little bit of a fuzz. Okay, uh, and I wanted to see what you, what you, what you two were thinking. Uh -huh. I'm not going to lie. I'm finding to be Deku to be one more emotionally appealing two more uh, heroic in a sense. And even more like important to the plot than Yuji Itadori from JJK. <laughs> so at, whenever we get like super pro setups that's this is where we're gonna have like the sound effects be like dun, 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 or like siren because i just saw nick's <laughs> no, face no. i just saw nick's face of the, it is at this moment that he knew he fucked up that's that's what that's what nick's even, face was like but hold on before we say, say that um go ahead do the sound again because um I also agree with you. I oh, say that Deku. Baby. Why am I always the odd man? <laughs> what a plot twist! I believe that Deku, to me, in terms of, I feel like to me, Deku is a better MC. So, granted, so far, Itadori so far, is still great. Itadori is still great, but <clears throat> if we're, if we're bringing up that Itadori and Deku. I will believe. I I definitely say Deku for sure. Deku. <laughs> 
Oh. Not even just slightly. I mean, deck you hands down. I don't even go so far to say that. My dude. My okay, dude. Here, here's, here's the thing. Okay, so I understand the appeal for, for both of them. I really do. Um, yes. Deku's great. I love him. Uh, he's heroic in all of that. But Itadori, and here's the thing. Deku harkens more to the new gen anime protagonist than any, than Itadori. By a long shot. Look at Tanjiro and Deku. They're very similar in terms both. of who they are. Uh, and they're both fantastic characters. But Itadori is an old school shonen MC, and that's why I love him. He's dumb, he's powerful, and he's angry. And that is how you build an MC that I love. My favorite MC of all time is Gon and Itadori Naruto Goku. Those are those are my those are my guys. Those are my guys. I love them as MCs. I'm not a Vegeta guy. I'm not a Sasuke guy. And well, I like Kibawa, but like. Like I, I'm not a I'm not a Fushigoro guy. Like I like the old school, dumb, powerful, and angry MC. And I understand where you're coming from. Tanjiro and Deku are more socially competent, emotionally like there, and and they do definitely have. I mm, <laughs> I'll say this. I'll say I, this. I'll say. I okay. don't think Deku has more importance to the storyline than Tanjiro. But go off, King. I, what what I was gonna say is that like I, I'll I'll. I'll retract back on one thing, on one thing. I do think Itadori is way more interesting because mm-hmm. of the uh, duality that he has with, fuck, I forgot the name of the, the demon. The, the, uh, Sukuna. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. So, Sukuna. So, so, so the relationship that he has with Sukuna is a lot more interesting because we haven't seen like the whole full thing fleshed out yet where like Sukuna even like tries to, to show his full power and then Yuji's just like trying to stop him. So like that, that duality adds more flavor to it. But I just think like from the way that they've been acting, Justin, and 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 granted, there's a lot more context since there's five seasons of uh MHA out and yeah. there's only one of JJK and then C- uh, movie zero is about to come out. Like mm-hmm. I know that, that I have a lot more to catch up on and like yeah. a lot more to experience i mean that bro, being said you've only watched 24 episodes of of mha so it's about even stevens for you oh yeah true uh and then the, yeah, i was just counting to see if the episode season one had more episodes but yes it's basically episode yeah. 23 so so that this is just my preliminary you know flavor of full hot take but honestly bro like dude this this dude was literally willing to sacrifice his entire body on the line just to prove a point to his rival that he was yeah. that he could level up his game i know that yuji technically sacrificed himself and just like plain old died to sacrifice mm-hmm. himself for his squad but like yep. at the same st- at the same time he has been more than willing to just go will and nearly into a battle and just say fuck it i'm just gonna try to do it and 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 and, and survive whereas dumb deku, and powerful dumb and powerful True. Whereas Deku literally thinks about like the consequences, thinks about a strategy, thinks about how could this help his friends and how could his this help his pursuit to become a pro hero. So I'm team Deku. That's all I got to say. I mean, listen, we're all entitled to our opinions, so even so if far. they're wrong. OK, opinions are like assholes. Big fact. Everybody's got one. Doesn't mean I want to <laughs> <True>. see yours. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I like that. So as opposed to doing winners and losers this week, we did stack them up. So guys do keep an eye out for our stack them up poll. All right. We want to see who won. We want a definitive winner. Okay. We haven't decided what three. Like, the crap three, but, but yeah, but let, let's settle on the three people. So Mizu picked Ahsoka, right? Yeah. That's, that's your picker. 
Damn it. Joe cho- chose Leia. Katara. I'm, I'm, no, Leia I'm going for Katara. sure. I'm going it Katara. was definitely Leia. I Katara. think it was. <laughs> yeah. No, okay. So Ahsoka, Katara, and then we have Nobara. Nobara from the JJK. clear cut winner. Clear cut oh. winner. Emotional lead because apparently Yuji Itadori can't do it himself, according to the rest of my podcast. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking in with us this week. It has been a pleasure speaking into your ear holes. I have been Nixie Comedy, NC Hammer 23 on YouTube and Twitch. Jose? Yeah, boy, Tropical Joe, the hot take master, the Tropical Joe, or I'm Tropical Joe, wherever you can find me. Um, stay tuned to that Twitch page because we will be yep. making some dank streams with the main man, Nixie Comedy. So I was supposed be- to rate him Saturday, but he got on early because he wanted to watch worse football. Well, I also, I, I was I was also very very sick too, so I had to stream earlier. So that, also I, shout out to the homeland for taking home the Europa Cup. Hey, that's true. Oh, oh, we forgot about the sports. Oh my we god, did forget about the sports. Oh my all right. god. It's all right, all right. We're still recording. We'll, we'll still talk, recording. We'll, we can we can do it. Okay, but yeah, but before before we get into the sports, yes, the Tropical Joe. I'm Tropical Joe. Mizu, plug yourself. Mizu Shogun on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. You know, check me out if you want to know anything about anime. I'm the living anime codex. I apparently have been told. Anime encyclopedia, this guy oh, over here. I heard that, you know, I haven't heard that one in a while, but I heard that. I like anime librarian personally for you. <laughs> that's what I like. That's what I, that's how I refer you to all my friends. I was like, yeah, he's our anime librarian. Like, I, that's the guy. It's our guy that we ask. Okay. Yes. Italia, the homeland brought it home. It's not going home to England. Hashtag Fourth of July all over again. So happy they lost. I'm so happy they lost. They that, 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 that game was a banger. That game was a banger. So for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, so this weekend is huge. This weekend was huge in the sports realm, and it is yes. currently going on because in five minutes. The NBA Finals Game Three is going to happen, but Suns and Four, Suns and Four, Suns that's, and four. What that's what I've been saying. My my loser of the week might be Giannis Antetokounmpo, but but basically what happened was on Friday we had Lionel Messi and Argentina make history in the Super Clasico of the Americas, and not just any Super Clasico, not just a friendly in the Continental Cup, the Copa America. They fucking pulled through. After yeah, four major losses for this man. Was Neymar? Was ne- Neymar yes. was in for Brazil, right? Yeah, yes. okay, yeah. So it was literally the battle of the stars and Argentina found a way. I don't, they yep. were not, they were not the better team in my opinion, but they found a way to win. So they won the cup. Messi is finally redeemed. The battle between who is the best player to step Ronaldo. foot on the football pitch is Ronaldo or Messi is completely alive and well. And then after that, yes, that was yes, that was on that was on Friday. That was that was that was that was bad news. That's old news. That's old news. Old news. Today we had the European Cup kick off the final, the, one one of the most intense finals that I've seen in a while. So we had Italia and England. People were very very excited to see if football was indeed coming home. But it is going to stop for another four years because England is going to face another faced another dreaded penalty shootout and came out with a big fat L. Yeah, they did. And Italy won. So I'm very excited to see what happens next. Big fat. 
big facts about that. Uh, and and now that we have the the NBA Finals, who are, who are you guys rooting for? I know I know you said the Suns, the Suns. Chris Paul, Suns, Chris Paul, whole way. Who are you rooting for? Milwaukee or Phoenix? I might go with Phoenix. Let's go. Okay, so yeah, we're a full Phoenix it's podcast. Baseball. It's got yeah, because of the Phoenix Force. Phoenix Suns. It's because yeah. of the Phoenix Force, you know. That's, that that's is all. it. <laughs> and also, Conor McGregor fought Dustin Poirier, uh, and he snapped his leg, and it was hilarious because hot. USA. Been a big weekend for USA. It's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> also, technically, people were chanting USA, USA in the Gilbert Burns versus uh, Wonder Boy fight because they wanted Wonder Boy to beat Gilbert Burns, who was Brazilian. And then they they started chanting, and then people weren't chanting it as loud against McGregor. And I was like, Yeah, you're chanting because Wonder Boy is white. And Gilbert Burns is Latino. It's not because he's American. You would be chanting USA versus Conor McGregor as well. But that's neither here nor there. If you're going to be American, root for all the Americans, not just graces, everybody. Get it together, Las Vegas. But yes, Conor McGregor snapped his leg in. That was fantastic. Dustin Poirier, two to one, baby. Conor's going home. He's lost three out of his four last fights. Get back to potato land, sir. <laughs> oh, man. No. That has been the Weeb Weekly. Just, just letting you, you know to all our Irish fans, we're not, we, we care about you. We just, we just we not love Ireland. I went to college I in am. Ireland. I went to UC Dublin. Okay. I know, I know that. I can do a County Cork accent as good as anybody. But listen, I do, I do love Ireland. I love Irish listeners. But. Yes, I'm happy with Dustin Poirier won. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for checking in with the Weeb Weekly. We will see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Weeb Weekly podcast. If you haven't already, download and give the podcast a five-star review. If you don't, advertisers will treat us like Naruto before he saved the village. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.